What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Albaline, people up in Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shy City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. You are tuned in here to the Tuesday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark's with us, spinning the one and twos and producing. 877-37-GRIND is your number to participate if you know what you want to talk about. Like always, it is open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call or you can just sit back and listen to my takes. All we ask you to do is be patient during the breaks and during the segments and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also... If you need to reach out to me or follow me on Twitter, okay, it's at Sports Grind. All right. And keep in mind, if you want to stream the show live, you can go to the business Facebook page of Sports Grind Entertainment or you can go to my personal page and you can stream the show live and you can leave comments. I'll respond to them in real time while we're on air or I'll respond to them later. And keep in mind, if you ever miss any of the episodes live, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast daily, seven days a week, 365. 877-374-7463. What's up, Mr. Clark? Ready to rock and roll. Did you get good rest yesterday? You back from rejuvenated yet from your trip? Yeah, for the most part. Uh, went to bed early, but then woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning. To- Why? Is that that West Coast messing with your body or what? Nah. Uh, getting a workout in. Oh, okay. All right. John's getting his pool work early in the morning. I'll feel you. Well, we got some things to get to today. Of course, the sports world continues to move on as we're pretty much almost complete with March. March just flew by, man. I don't know, you know. Usually I'm not that guy usually to say that because everybody moves at different paces, but it seems like it's been fast for me. But we are going through March, uh, of course, March Madness. I uh, want to talk about a little bit. We got through some of the matchups and results yesterday because we were off all those days, uh, but did want to circle back to that uh, here shortly because we've got some coaching news as well regarding the tournament. Um, definitely want to look at a particular head of a matchup. I'm going to speak on that because we have a few days until we get to Thursday till we resume this thing. Um, also, we've got um, NBA continues to roll on to the professionals continue to go. Um, your San Antonio Spurs were off last night, but they're in action tonight against the 504 boys, the Pelicans. Where are the Pelicans at in the grand scheme of things? Uh, the standings. I haven't done a standings check. I mean, the thing with the Pelicans, I know, is just really just the Zion situation that has never seemed to get right. Um, no one's really asking about, and I haven't heard any updates, major updates on his return, if he's potential return, or is this another season lost? Um, you know, but where are the Pelicans at in the standings? Uh, they sit 12th in the West. 12th in the West. But again, everything's still tight coming down the stretch. Right. They're 34 and 37. And, you know, the Thunder sitting at the nine seed are 35 and 36. So it's just about so the Pelicans trying to get in that play, play in game. Well, I mean, the play in game, or I mean, they could still work their way out. The, the Mavs sitting at 36 and 36 right now, even 500. So Yeah, and the Mavs blew a game last night, which I was going to get to that. They blew an opportunity in Memphis, uh, really, as the Grizzlies rallied in the third, um, excuse me, the fourth quarter. Uh, we'll get to that shortly. But the Pelicans, you know what? That's a, if you look. I understand the Zion situation, but reality, that's a disappointment. I mean, because they didn't have Zion last year, and they pushed the Suns all the way to the brink of elimination. 
So to me, whatever the circumstances may be, and their roster might be a little bit different than it was. And I know Brandon Ingram has missed a significant amount of time this season, too. He's been in and out of the lineup. But, of course, Zion dominates the news. But regardless of the excuses, that's a step back. That That's a disappointing for a team that was moving forward. Uh, to kind of take a step back at that. And, you know, and I look at the teams this year, and I mentioned this like in the first month of the season, just by the way it was going. If you look at those young teams that were promising, that have taken a step back, you have to have them on the list. Okay, and I understand they've got circumstances. I would put Minnesota on that list. Now, granted, Minnesota, um, in the last couple weeks after the All-Star break, they started playing a little bit better. You know, they played better, but I just feel like, um, you know, They've kind of taken a step back compared to, you know, where they were last year. I think in their in their situation, I just felt that they came into the season um, kind of like a hangover, just kind of slow, just like thinking that, hey, you know what? We were success. We're just going to run the ball out and people going to know like, hey, Minnesota's here to have a problem now. And they got started on the season slow. They looked better since the All-Star break. But that's one of the teams I definitely put in that category. What do you got? Uh, two weeks ago tomorrow, so back on March 8th, mm-hmm. uh, Woj had reported that Zion would be sidelined for two more weeks as he recovers for his, from his hamstring. So tomorrow is going to be that two-week mark. Hmm. So I would expect the the second evaluation, and we would have an answer about his playoff availability here pretty soon. Okay. Also, we'll circle back to the NBA. There's some other things I want to touch on as well, too. Um, in regards to tennis out in the ATP world, Okay, history's being made today. Um, well, I won't say history, but it, it's it's pretty much a surprising um, situation that's going on in ATP. Nadal, okay, for the first time since 18 years, I believe I saw that he's not going to be ranked in the top 10. Um, first of all, that's a hell of a... I mean, to be ranked in the top 10 for 18 years in the world, um, that's impressive. I mean, we all know what kind of career, even if you're not a tennis guy, but you're a casual tennis, you know, follower. Okay, because of Serena, Venus, whatever the case may be, you know, Nadal, when I bring up names like Nadal, Federer, the passerbyers know that. But so everybody knows the type of career Nadal has had. But I think, you know, when I saw that, I'm like, wow, you know, because I've been saying that, hey, you know what? His injuries have really I'm surprised and he, he's as close as he is on the Grand Slam list you know, neck and neck there with, you know, Djokovic, him, Federer right there, because he has sustained, in my opinion, more injuries than those guys over the last few years. And I know Roger, toward the end of his career, he started kind of breaking down as well. But Nadal, from being the best fit condition tennis player I've seen since Michael Chang, um, it's it's pretty it's it's kind of like bittersweet because you know like I've had I like Nadal but it's crazy to see an 18 year and you got a 19 year old kid I forgot where he's from but I've I've seen him play just one time but he's the number one player in the world this kid I've I've heard about him I've only get to see him play a couple times I know I think he's already made a couple Grand Slam semis finals uh, he might already have a Grand Slam win tell you evidently he does he's number one in the world but uh, he's only 19 years old so that just gives and speaking of 19 this is the first time. Since Nadal's rookie year on the WT, on the, excuse me, on the ATP tour, that he hasn't been ranked inside the tenure. So you'd have to go back to his rookie uh, season. 877 37 grind. What do you got? Well, just for where he did fall to 13. So he's not too far out. But yeah, close. but it's, I mean, and again, 
that is just with the lack of being able to play a lot of tournaments and the lack of health, uh, you know, that he's battled in the last, you know, couple years. So, yes, but 13th, I mean, that's like you say, I mean, 13th, when they tell you, well, if you have a, you know, a 10 point deficit against this team feels like 20. You know, like him falling from 10 to 13 makes me feel it's almost like him being out of the top 20. It feels like that because that's the doll. But, hey, fall the time is undefeated. And LeBron James is finding that out as we speak as well, too. Undefeated. Also, college football, you know, more spring practices are really starting this past week, got going, up and going. Um, You know, Alabama, they're in the news. I definitely want to talk about them. Uh, because they're in the news for a negative situation. Nick Saban has had to respond to uh, his freshman uh, cornerback, pretty much Tony Mitchell. He's a DB, Tony Mitchell, freshman. Now, this kid, he he was like in the top 100, I think, in his position, top five. He was rated, this is probably at least a four-star, five-star kid, okay? Well, he got arrested, I believe, over the weekend, um, and what is being described in trying to play Grand Theft Auto in real life? Uh, he was trying to outrun out the cops. He was in a vehicle. Uh, he reached speeds of about a buck 45. Can't imagine. I'll never be in a car that's going that fast. But he goes 145 miles an hour trying to elude the cops. He eventually gets stops, has marijuana on him. I think what they said, seven thousand in cash on him, a concealed hand uh, handgun, um, and scales and scales, which is important for the charge of intent to sell. Yeah, the original starter kit for the hustlers that want to be the hustlers. Okay, sad situation, but that's your original starter kit. You know, concealed weapon, scale, seven G's, seven racks is what they call them. The generation. That's kind of what the starter kit is for some of these kids that, you know, feel immortal or they feel like they're untouchable. Well, Nick Saban had to speak on it because they started spring practice and he just just paraphrasing him and just said, hey, you know, he doesn't believe in you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. He's kind of like a guy like me, the cause and effect. He bring that up. I'm always a cause and effect guy in life. Uh, but automatically, the people in that region and even some people nationally, it's automatically turning and looking at Nate Oates, head coach basketball of the Alabama Crimson Tide. And automatically they are looking at the way Nick Saban, because the kid is suspended. Now, he ain't kicked off the program yet. They say they want to gather more information. But in most kids get caught with seven G's, ounces of marijuana, a scale. OK. They're going to be kicked off the team. So as much as I love Nick Saban, I'm not going to try to sit there and say, well, look, because the national media are look at look at how Nick is handling this compared to Kevin Oates and, you know, the situation with his basketball team and Mr. Miller, Brandon Miller. But I would just sit there saying, like the, the voice of Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. Because he's not kicked off yet. He's just suspended. And I said this a few days ago. I mean, Nick has had his problems, too, with a few guys, guys that he's had made quick decisions on that end up being innocent. But um, this just shows you, again, the challenges that coaches 
in all collegiate sports, especially the main ones, let's just say the main ones, I would say in basketball and football and mainly football, of the type of generation and the kids that they're basically dealing with in regards to having to keep them focused uh, because we live in a, in a flu, uh, you know, a fluential world. Like everybody's got to be influenced. I mean, that's really what people people worry about more about their likes and Twitters and video views more than they do their bank accounts or pretty much their whole the craft or what they do or just life in general. So you have a generation that basically we're getting to the point where we're into a generation that hasn't even, ex, you know, experienced life without social media. So you just have to look at when you put this in perspective, the challenges of all coaches and what they're having to deal with. But I would just tell people in that region and people that want to go straight. And I'm not sticking up for Oates either. You know the difference? I mean, Oates. And I'm like, man, maybe it's something just in the, you know, the water. But Nick was like that at LSU. I mean, he was like that as, uh, you know, short stint with the Dolphins. But it's something about Alabama coaches, the football, but they're both can be asses. I mean, because I think also the reason why this team in Alabama, this basketball team, is getting starting to get that hate. And, you know, and like I said yesterday, even if they do cut down the nets, they're not going to be a beloved champion. It's because of the circumstances, and also their head coach doesn't make it any better. He's very dry and pretty much brass. Okay, and, that can, and when you're dealing with a situation that Brandon Miller was involved in, it almost comes across as like you're kind of insensitive or deft tone about the situation. But automatically they're using this incident the way Nick, hey, suspend the kid. We're not going to. Well, first of all, I mean, LSU, it's not like this is the week they're getting ready to play LSU or Auburn or Texas A&M or UT in the second game of the season. This is this is the start of spring practice. So I would say just pump the brakes a little bit on the comparison. And y'all know how I feel about Nick Saban, but I'm just keeping it keeping it real. Is let's be careful, you know, quick to go to like, well, look at what Oates is doing with the college bat. Look how he just and this is Nick just said, we're not going to have this. No, Nick had some troublemakers. OK, and what's scary about that, and I'm pretty sure I could hear the talk. Um, when he's when this young man is going to sit down. And if I'm Nick Saban and probably what Nick going to do anyway is walk him in the office, turn on the video or stream, whatever they do. You can't say VCR because no one uses that anymore. I don't even think people use DVDs anymore. But he's going to turn on a TV and it's just going to be a clip of Henry Ruggs and shackles and an orange jumpsuit. That's what I was sure that because the conversation is going to get brought up to this kid. I mean, if you took the parallel going to buck forty five. OK, and when they pulled him over, his eyes seemed to be very red, bloodshot or whatever. But he ain't kicked off the team yet. OK, but that's just something that Oates, the head coach of Alabama, has created. And I think that's going to be something that he's going to have to, you know, go through, because it, to me, look, Nick is answering to the same athletic director and school president that Oates is answering to. It's the same culture. Now, the program of basketball ain't on there yet with the Alabama. I mean, the football team has fed the basketball team, but they're on the verge of possibly having two powerhouses in college and basketball. And do you understand how much money that means to a region like that that really has no professional football team or basketball team? 877-37-GRIND.
So yeah, so that's and so Nick is dealing with his issues. Uh, Colorado Buffaloes and Dion, they got their uh, spring practice and stuff going. Dion stripping the numbers. You know, I've heard the names like you know, hey man, you you gotta earn without having ever take the names off. You know, remember when Bill Parcells showed up to the Cowboys? Everybody didn't have a star. He took the stars off the helmet. So Dion is deciding to take the numbers off, saying you gotta earn the number that you want to wear. You know. Uh, Dion showed up in cowboy hat and cowboy boots on pretty much his his first you know spring type of meeting. There's a lot of energy that's going on in like I said Colorado. I mean you'd have to go back to the Cordell Stewart days, man. You'd probably have to go back. That's that that's the last time I've you know even can remember. And I know there's probably been some other teams after that. But when you're talking about getting national attention like this, being a Buffalo in Colorado, you'd have to go back to the Cordell Stewart days before they got this much national attention. And they haven't even played one game yet under Deion Sanders. Coach Prime. 877-37-GRIND is your number. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spending the one and twos. All right, 877-374-7463 is your number. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. All right, keep in mind, Specs, if you're looking for the latest new products or you just want to order for same-day delivery, make sure you go to specsonline.com because the fun starts here. That's Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and an official partner of your Dallas Cowboys. All right, so 
we'll circle back. There is some uh, – we've got a Lamar Jackson update. There's some things getting leaked out from his camp um, that we've kind of been discussing over the last few weeks on this show. So we'll get to that here shortly and some other NFL doings. But let me go ahead and start uh, because we are in March. We're pretty much almost through with March. But let's talk about the March Madness and storylines that are going around this tournament and things that we've uh, talked about. And the news today, um, as we wait for the Sweet 16 to resume or start, I should say, on Thursday, um, FDU's head coach, Tobin Anderson, uh, he got upgraded. This is the head coach of the team that upset number one seed, Purdue. Um, He's taking over for Iona that saw Rick Pitino departure out to take over St. John's. So the reason why I bring this up, I mean, this is a big story today in the college basketball world, is because what we've seen in the last few years is that, and this lets you know where we're at. With Again, I mean, because football is the mecca when we speak about the college football. But I think people sleep on how big of a business college basketball is as well. Okay, and if you look in the last few years, it seems like every year with one of these smaller schools that upset, you know, a 13 over five or 12 over five or, you know, a 13 over. In the last few years, we've had a coach pretty much get a job off of their teams being upset, not winning the tournament, you know, not going to the final four, but actually just beating a opponent that you weren't really supposed to beat. Okay, we saw St. Peter's head coach leave to go to Seton Hall. We know about the magical run St. Peter's made a year ago. So my point is, is that this is the reason why you might have a head coach, an athletic director, a school president, and a DA's office say that there's nothing we can charge him with. Speaking of Brandon Miller, because there is big time money at stake. Look at Rick Pitino. Okay, which this isn't a big shock to me. I've said that, hey, it's just a matter of time. Rick was going to get back to the big dance of the power fives. I mean, this guy has pretty much, um, you know, being, you might be able to be a question of how great of a husband he is, how honesty of a man he is, or what his character's like. But the one thing you can't question about Rick Pitino is he can coach. He's won everywhere he's gone at the college level. Hell, I think he took some time off of Greece. I think he took some time off and he went over coaching in Greece. He found a team over there. They won over there too. And he's going to win at St. John's quickly. I mean, St. John's has been a program that's been laying in the weeds and just, you know, a sleeping giant probably since the late 80s, early 90s. Okay, hell, they even took a run at trying to bring back family and Chris Mullins a few years ago, and he couldn't really. I mean, he got him back to be a little respected, but he couldn't get him over the hump. And he played at the school. So my point is with this is a coach I said yesterday, I didn't even know this university existed until I filled out this bracket and saw the Purdue matchup. This coach that really probably only packed for like two days there. And yes, as he said, hey, the more I started looking at the film, the more I thought that, you know, we can beat Purdue. 
because of their size are slow. We got guards. We're the slowest, you know, the, the shortest team in the in Division One college basketball. That's what the metric system is saying. But regardless, this guy's moving on to Iona. Now, you might think Iona. Iona's an upgrade from where he's at. And the next thing from Iona, if he can win there, then he'll go to the next upgrade. But this just kind of go. And you look, I mean, look at what's going on. I mean, look at uh, Cooley at Providence. He's been an icon figure at Providence for a long time, a very long time. And not only that, did he not leave the conference, but he stayed in the conference to go coach Georgetown. Now, I think that's going to probably be a little bit slower grind for Cooley to get Georgetown back at full, get them respected. You know, it's going to be a little bit longer grind, I think, for him than it is going to be for Rick Pitino at St. John's, especially with the transfer portal and everything like that. I think Rick's going to win quickly. But I just brought this example of this coach getting a job, not just not going to the Sweet 16, not the, not the Elite Eight, not the Final Four, but just upsetting a 16 seed, which has only happened twice in NCAA tournament history. And look how quickly they are. Like, instead of saying, like, hey, man, this is a recruiting tool. We just upset Purdue. I'm on to something here. Nope. Get the bag, get the raise, and possibly get an upgrade a little bit on facilities. I don't know what Iona's facilities have, but I'm pretty sure it's gotten better since Rick Pitino's been there. But that just shows you what's going on in coaching and how much basketball, college basketball, not on the level, okay, that's not what I'm saying, but the truth of the matter is, it is a big business, too, just like the masses of America looks at college football. It's just a little bit different. 877-37-GRIND. Also, with the basketball uh, arena here, college basketball, uh, John Calipari, you know, Kentucky went down, which I thought was a great game, by the way, between Kentucky and Kansas State. Um, that was a hell of a game. Um, but they lost. And, you know, John Calipari in this post game, you know, which he's getting a little pushback because he called the point guard of Kansas State, he said that kid, you know, so of course he's getting pushed back from there. Like, hey, man, you know his name, you know, but he's getting a little pushback on the Twitter world with that. But he said something else that stood out to me in regards to the pressures of young guys playing at Kentucky and that pretty much, you know, it's not for everybody, meaning the pressures of having to win and be successful. And once you put on that jersey, you're catching everybody's best. Not saying that he's not telling the truth of what he's speaking of, but I think that Kyle Perry was really talking more, could be talking more about himself. Now, he's been at Kentucky for a while, but this I believe this is going to be at least a minimum of two straight years that they haven't even got to the Sweet 16. Now, other universities, even and I'm not talking about the Ionas of the world or, you know, your, your Florida Atlantics. I'm talking about even, you know, your other some Big Ten schools, some SEC schools, Big 12 schools. Hey, man, if you can con constantly stay out of the NIT tournament and make the dance, that's that's going to and you're showing progress. Like, hey, the next year we made it to the second round. Oh, hey, our third year we made it to Sweet 16. That can be good enough for certain universities and athletic directors and presidents and alumni that don't cut it in Kentucky. It doesn't cut it.
And what I believe in, like I like John Calipari, you know, I was in his corner when the Bobby Knights of the world. And this is really what, in my opinion, what's going on with Kentucky. And this just goes on in life and business and stuff like that. You know, you got to think when John came on the scene, I mean, of course, and I'm not talking about UMass back in the day with Marcus Canby for some of you old guys, some of you, not you youngsters, but I go Google it. Y'all can Google everything. Okay. I lived it. Y'all can Google it, but I lived it. I got to take some pride of getting older. I mean, your body feels like crap and everything starts hurting. And all that. But this is the deal. I'm talking about Kyle Perry when he showed up to the bluegrass right there, Kentucky. Okay. He looked at the landscape of college and said, you know what? It's changing. Okay. Guys are not really, you know, the tradition like, hey, we're going to recruit this kid out of such and such high school and we're going to groom him all the way till senior night. John was the one that accepted college was changing. And he's the one that possibly were more people. Let me take a drink. He would take a look at most people in college at that time. Excuse me. Looked at as a negative. John looked at as a positive. When you're talking about one and dones and the type of people you recruit. He was getting backlash from Bobby Knight saying he was bad for the college game. Didn't get that much praise from Coach K. Coach K's always respected him. But he beat everybody to the punch. He accepted it. And you look at some of the teams, and I don't need to go down the list of the guys that he recruited that are now in the NBA in the last 10 to 15 years. But my point is what's changed is now that has basically spread out to where other coaches and other universities has taken his blueprint of what he saw in his vision. And I think that John is kind of showing to where it's like, okay, what's your next move? What are you going to do when you just can't get there and show like, hey, man, I just sent, you know, DeMarcus Cousins one and done. I just sent Darren Fox, excuse me, one and done. I think that's what he's having adjustment. But make no mistake about it. The way I look at that press conference that was more about really Kyle Perry. He, yeah, you're right. Not every kid can play at Kentucky, but I think he's also starting to feel a little bit of the pressure. I mean, that's that's a big deal for Kentucky. That wouldn't even make news in other universities. But if you go two years and you don't even make it to the Sweet 16, Ashley Judge said, hey, that ain't what I, I've, I've toured a long time on tour in the country tour. My hard-earned money that I've earned from tours ain't supposed to be going to that. We're supposed to be doing better than that. This is going to be a, it's going to be interesting on the certainty of this offseason with Kentucky, because I think pretty soon you're going to start hearing Kyle Perry look for maybe either to say, hey, man, I'm older now. Made a ton of money, either buy out and maybe go with everybody's going in, get in the TV, get in the ring. I mean, you can still stay around the game. Everybody, you see Jay Wright on your TV this weekend. He just got he just went into retirement. Either he's going to look into that or Kyle Perry is going to look into his next potential move. Just saying. Eight seven seven three seven ground. What you got? Well, and on top of that, you have, you know, he at the podium after the loss, he talked about, you know, I expect these guys to leave. I expect a lot of these guys to transfer out. Yeah. Because of the lack of success. And so then he's going to be restarting with a new, with a whole new crop at that point too. Well, he's the guy that's built to do that. Yeah, he's the guy that's built to do that. And I think it goes back to what I just said. He's going to look at even though he says, "Hey, man, I might," you know, John doesn't mind addressing the elephant in the room. 
whether it's 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 a negative light on his sport, whether it's a positive or if it's something that he sees, even if he gets backlash to his peers. I mean, keep in mind, this is the same guy that the late, great John Cheney tried to go choke him at the press conference when he was at Temple. Come on, you, man, I'll kill you. The same guy. But I just feel that, you know, when you look at Kentucky, two years straight, no Sweet 16, you start getting the rumblings of what's going on. And John, and look, he's had NBA opportunities, turn him down. You know, maybe it's that time, the timing where he looks that he wants to try his hat at the National Basketball Association, or he just wants to run it right into the sunset and maybe take a TV gig. 877-37-GRIND. That kind of brings me to my other point before we uh, leave off the coaching scene in college basketball. Um, if you look at another team that we really didn't touch on yesterday, uh, but if you look at the University of Miami, Okay, I've kind of brought them up here and there throughout the uh, year on the show. They've been playing with a chip on their shoulder. And basically, they've carried, uh, to me, they've, they've put the mantle, they've carried the flag for the ACC this year in basketball. When you talk about a so-so, I mean, it took Duke pretty much most of the season for them to really get hot and make that push. And you see where they ended up. Carolina didn't even want to go to the, they didn't qualify, they didn't even want to go to the NIT. So to me, Miami has really carried the flag for the ACC this year when it comes to basketball. Now, when we talk about coaches and John Calipari, and I talked about, you know, uh, you know, Rick Patino and, and things like that. To me, uh, Jim, the head coach of um, Miami, Jim Laranga. Yeah, he's not he. He's a guy that I believe doesn't never really gotten his flowers, um, to the most part. And this goes back to even. I mean, I know back then, if you were young enough or old enough to remember, you remember when he's at George Mason, and George Mason, the Mason for a few years were making those continuing runs in the tournament, and he really, you know, helped put George Mason on the map. And then he upgraded, got the jobs. But if you look at really what he's done, you know, he's had down years here and there in Miami. But if you look at really in Miami still, that's a football school. Okay, that's still about the U and the Hurricanes and the football legacy. It's not really a basketball school. But I believe, and let me tell you something, this matchup that they have uh, this this weekend, I mean, well, I should say, I think, are they on the list on Thursday, right? Or they tip theirs off Friday. I forgot if their game's on Thursday or Friday. But if you look at this matchup that they have with, uh, what do you? It's on Friday. Yeah, on Friday. Um, and they're coming out the gate with uh, Houston, right? Correct. Yeah. This To me, this is a winnable game for Miami uh, because I like Miami's guard play. Um, again, I think they're coached well. They have a hard time closing games out. Like if you know, if they come out and get jump on you, it, sometimes they have a hard time sustaining leads. They'll let and again, college basketball, just like to tell you, NBA, of course, a game of runs more in the NBA than college basketball. But you know, that's the one weak part that I don't like about this Miami team. But their guard play and leadership, I think, definitely puts them at a possibility of an upset over the University of Houston. Like I said, Houston has played a lot of tight games this year. It's not like, I mean, they had the number one spot, then they got upset, then they came back to the number one spot and fell off again. It's not like this has been a Houston team that has just been running through their conference or all their, you know, 
teams on their schedule, even teams that they've had that they're supposed to really dominate, they've found a way to make them close. It's still a good basketball team. I mean, the best player on their team is kind of banged up. He's not 100%. But I really feel like Miami, this is a game uh, that they have a good chance of winning. Another matchup looking ahead, and we'll talk more about this Thursday before we move on, is that I'm interested in. And that's, you know, we didn't talk about them yesterday as well, too. Uh, but, you know, Princeton, you know, these are guys that are going to be like head the head of hedge funds and 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 lawyers and 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 surgeons. I mean, this is first of all what we didn't bring up. You know, over the weekend, their ladies. This was the first time an Ivy League school had both of their men and women's program advanced into the second round. That's never happened before, in Ivy League history. Amazing. But Princeton, if you look at the way they control the paint early on in their first couple round games. And they've been underdogs in both. Um, they're, I mean, and first of all, they don't beat themselves. I know that sounds cliche. If you say, oh, God, a team from Princeton, they don't the front of, well, it is true. They don't really beat themselves. They got Creighton, number five seeded Creighton. Uh, this is probably, I mean, Jay Wright said it over the telecast for the weekend, uh, but McDermott, this is probably his best defensive team that he's had. At Creighton, even though I've been paying attention to him at Creighton, even when he had his son playing there. That's kind of like just getting cardio for the most part with the, the spur. Where is he? Do, do they still suit him up, Jonas? He's still suiting up? But his dad, I've seen him since he's got to Creighton, and he's had some, he's always had teams that can score offensively. But this is probably his best defensive team. But Princeton, I believe, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm picking them to win. But I don't even think I had them in the bracket to win, to be honest with you. I think I had Creighton moving against somebody in this one. But this is a game after watching Princeton play the last couple games. This is definitely a game that they can – Creighton's going to have to really – and I don't think anybody right now at this point – you get to the Sweet 16, I don't think anybody's taking anybody lightly. I mean, regardless whether you're a quote-unquote Cinderella team or you're a team that's a big underdog, I think you get to the Sweet 16, even when you're dealing with 19-year-old kids, 18, 20-year-old kids, you, you still got their full attention by the time you get – to the Sweet 16. But Princeton, I believe that they can definitely uh, make this a game uh, with Creighton. You're listening to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosekis. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. 
Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.